And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. If you would take God's word and open to Ezra chapter 1, verse 1, the book of Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. Amen. I'm going to start with this book. We, we have other scriptures, but I'll start with this one. Praise the Lord. You know, the book of Ezra records how the Lord moved on the heart of Cyrus. Cyrus, who was the king of Persia, he moved on the heart of Cyrus to make a proclamation ordering any Jew who so chose to do so to return to Israel and rebuild the temple. And so that's the context of what's happening. How many of you thank God that no leader is beyond the reach of God? That, that's, that, that is so comforting to know. And so if no leader is beyond the reach of God, can you say no supervisor is beyond the reach of God? Yeah, can you say no spouse is beyond the reach of God? <laughs> say no one is beyond the reach of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that a blessing? Oh, Ezra chapter 1. I think we got Ezra chapter 1 verse 1. Amen. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. God is still after fulfilling his prophecies. You see, Jeremiah had prophesied that the children of Israel, because of their disobedience, their disregard for God, that God was going to bring the Persian and the Babylonians to punish them. Jeremiah had prophesied that. Jeremiah said, you're going into captivity for 70 years. They got mad with Jeremiah. And they threw, they threw him in a pit. Because the leaders then did not want to hear, God is going to punish us. Who do you think you are, Jeremiah? We are the people of God. We fly high and above. Mm -hmm. We are beyond God's correction. No. Jeremiah said, something is coming your way. And if you don't straighten up and fly right... You'll end up in Persia, in Babylon. Mm -hmm. And so the Bible said now, God is, was about to, amen, fulfill that which he promised. The 70 years was up. Amen. And when the 70 years was up, God decided to speak to the leader who was punishing his people. Amen. The only world superpower back then. Wow. Can you say wow? wow. Amen. A monarch. The only world superpower, God spoke to him. Can you see an unsaver? An unbeliever? An uncircumcised? He's not a Christian, but he called himself the servant of God. <laughs> you know, I'm reminded of Proverbs chapter 21 verse 1. It says, the king's heart. I said that too fast. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 21 verse 1. It says, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. Like the rivers of water. And he turns it. In whatsoever direction he so desires. Can you say the supervisor's heart is in the hands of the Lord? Yeah. Can you say the governor's heart is in the hands of the Lord? Can you say the president's heart is in the hand of the Lord? Can you say my spouse's heart is in the hands of the Lord? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Until say, say I'm glad about it. Yes, it's in the hands of the Lord. <laughs> I'm not without hope. 
Is God for anybody in here this morning? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so, while they were there, the time for the fulfillment, for the fulfillment of the prophecy had come. Amen. And so, God raised up. While they were going back to Jerusalem, God raised up three prophets. Uh, Haggai or Haggai. He raised up Zechariah. And, and then he raised up Malachi. Can you say Malachi? Malachi? Yes. Amen. Prophet Malachi behind there on the cameras. Watch it now. You might get a word behind there. <laughs> Amen. So the, the year that took place was 520 BC and that was 16. Now, now the year, as I said, this particular verse took place was 520 years before Christ came. Amen. Now, 16 years earlier, Zerubbabel, the political leader, and Joshua, the high priest, led a contingency of approximately 45,000 Jews from Babylon. So the time came, amen, for them to move back to Jerusalem. Praise God. And so God stirred up the heart of Cyrus. And Cyrus, Cyrus said, uh, he said, um, we need to go to verse, verse, um, have we, no, we haven't read verse one. Sorry, sorry about that. Let's continue in verse one before I start explaining. So, so now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. Here is the word. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. What did the Lord do? He stirred it up. Amen. He came to an awakening. Mm -hmm. Because the hand of the Lord was upon him. God opened his eyes. And God spoke to him. There is a way God speaks to individuals. To leaders. And you know that it is God. Amen. And the Bible says. Here it is. That he made a proclamation. When God spoke to him. Cyrus made a proclamation. Throughout all his kingdom. And put it also in writing. What did he say? Can you go to verse 2? He said. Mm -hmm, verse 2, thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, in other words, I am the monarch, I am the man in charge, the only world superpower. He said, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the, guess what? He said, the Lord God made me a superpower. It was not my artillery, it was not my resources, I wish governments know that. I wish presidents realized that. Amen. Say this was a say Cyrus was a smart man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave all the glory to God. Amen. He said, and he said, and he hath charged me to build him a house where God told the heathen to build him. Can you say a house? A church of God. Yeah. Say a temple. You know God has a house. You have your house. God has his house. You know, it's, isn't it amazing, Elder Brandon, we, we come here and we're in the house of God and we have the audacity to tell God, stop by here. This is his house. He's here. <laughs> can you imagine going to somebody else and telling them, can you stop by here? It doesn't matter how noble you sound, that's incorrect. <laughs> Stop by here, Lord. Some of us look at them. Okay. 
So God has a house and we have a house. Where we are now, it is the house of God. Can you thank God for that? Amen. This is the house of God. We have a place where we can come and worship. David, David loved the Lord and David said, I will not give sleep to my eye until I get a house for God. He just got tired of seeing the, 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 um, the Ark of the Covenant in a tent. He got tired of seeing it has to be broken down, placed on the shoulder of four priests and just walking everywhere in the wilderness where it's dusty. And David said, oh, how I long to build a house for the Lord. And he began to put money aside. Nobody told him to, but he had a, he had a heart for God. He began to put money aside. You know, David wrote a, a check of five million and gave it over to Solomon, his son, to build the temple. You know that? Yeah, he collected all the gold, all the silver, and he just struck a check. Now, that's, that's not bad for a shepherd boy who came from nowhere, from the backside of the desert, just struck a check of five million. Can you say God is good? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Say God is faithful. Yeah, he's faithful. Since God is very concerned about his house. Amen? You would agree? And so Cyrus said, he has charged me to build him a house where? At Jerusalem, which is in? That's what Cyrus said. Uh-huh. Can you go to verse 3? I think there is something in verse 3 or not. We might. Who is there among you all his people? His God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is what? The God, which is in? An unbeliever. A Gentile king, who's not a Christian, said he is God. And so he said, all those who want to go back, raise your hands. And so a small, a small contingent of 45,000 went back. Millions went into Babylon, but they had blended in. You know, the kids, they, you know, they were there for 70 years. Many of them, uh, they started a new life and to, to, to pick up and go start back in Jerusalem was difficult. Mm -hmm. How many of you would agree that's difficult? You've been somewhere for 70 years and you've settled, you know, you've learned the language, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you got comfortable, praise God. And now all of a sudden to go back to Jerusalem? Now this is what the Persians and the Babylonians would do. They would, when they relocated a community, they would take their people and send them. That's where the Samaritans came from. So while the Jews were in Babylon, while the Jews were in Persia, the Persian king and the Babylonian king sent Persians to populate Jerusalem. Uh-huh. That's what they do. And so, now it's time to go back home. And the Jews are going back to a place that's populated with non-Jews. See how challenging. You see what the devil does. Mm -hmm. let, me, let, let, me, let me get into the text so, so I can explain to you what the Lord did on my heart. But I needed to give you the background so you could, I needed to put the text in context so we could understand what's going on. Amen? 
So when they went back, when they arrived in Jerusalem, they were excited at by the opportunity to rebuild the temple. You know when you reach the first time, you so much energy. It's a new project. God, we thank you. But the devil is looking with all that excitement. Because you see, he's a party pooper. That's who he is. That's what he does best. So he's watching. All that excitement. He said, I'm going to get you. Yeah, I know you have a commandment from the Lord to rebuild the temple. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that the very first thing God told them to do is rebuild the temple when they went back? Rebuild the temple. But as they began building the temple, progress was hindered both internally and externally. What happened was the Babylonians, the Persians, came and started criticizing them. Amen? Criticizing them. What are you doing? You're wasting your time. Nobody will come to this building. You're on the south side. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it plain today. Amen? This building, is. this is not beautiful. And so they grew they grew somewhat discouraged. Now what Cyrus did is to help them complete the temple project. Cyrus returned to all the Jews. All the gold and silver utensils that Nebuchadnezzar had seized from the temple in Jerusalem. So when they were captured, King Nebuchadnezzar, amen, from Babylon captured the Israelites. He emptied the temple. But he kept all the temple furnishings. When Cyrus conquered Babylon, amen, the Persian conquered Babylon, they inherited all the temple furnishing. So they were still there. And what Cyrus did to motivate the Israelites, he gave them all the temple utensils. Isn't that a blessing? He gave them a start, a jump start. You have all your temple furnishings. You need to put them somewhere. You need to build the temple. But they grew discouraged. And instead of using... The money to build the house of the Lord. They stopped the project and started building their own houses. You know, I was, I was reading this last night and I said to myself, isn't that just like me? <laughs> I said, isn't that a little opposition come up and I, you know, and that's it. I'm done. Praise the Lord. Well, if it was God, it would be easy. No. You know, you know, that's what we say. If it was God, it should be easy. Easy? Listen to me. The way was the way to the cross easy. You know, other people say, well, if God is in it, it should be easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> Look, with a devil on the earth, easy peasy. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh, God, I give the praise. Now, now, this is what I want to tell you. The temple project was halted. The Jews got discouraged. And I want, God, God asked me to share this with you. That's the devil's ultimate desire. To stop, to destroy, to intercept all church building and existing projects. That's what he wants to do. One of the devil's main reasons, and, and so one of the main reasons why Satan wants to do that is because... That's where most of the praise and worship takes place in the house of the Lord. You would, you would agree? And so the Bible says praise and worship is what? Strength. Well, some of you don't sound like you believe it, so let's, let's get to the scripture. 
So the devil wants to, that's why the devil was happy when COVID, COVID came. Praise and worship was at an all-time low. Now, I'm not, listen to me, I'm not criticizing anybody. Are you with me, saints? I'm just talking the truth. Is that all right to talk the truth? Because nowadays, uh, people, are so, people are so emotionally feeble that you can't even talk the truth. You're offending me. You're offending me. Before you talk the truth, you're offending me. Get some, look, get some backbone. You got a devil to fight. Amen. You got a, a devil to fight. So I said, okay, we talk the truth. So that's why the devil was happy when COVID came because prison worship stopped. It halted. And he's the, the only thing, brothers and sisters, the devil is afraid of is your prison worship. Your, he's not afraid of your vehicle. He's not afraid of your job. And he's not afraid of anything. He's afraid when you open up your mouth and begin to make God large. That's what he's afraid of. So the house where, so things we don't do it at the house. <laughs> I should. Can, can I make it plain? Things we don't do it at the house, I should. Then we come to church. Then the place where we do it, he wants to shut it down. Oh, God, I give the praise. So the Bible says here in Mark, listen, listen, listen. In Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Amen. It records that. Uh, no, before, let's, before I get to Mark chapter 26. Amen. I want to go to Psalms 8, verse 2. Can I go to Psalms 8, verse 2. Let me show you what the Bible says about praise and worship. Mm-hmm. You got it? Psalms 8 verse 2. It says, out of the mouth is of babes and sucklings. Can you say baby? baby. Babies. When babies say, ah, bah, 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 they are praising God. Oh. The, yes, that's what we call uh, um, um, immature tongues. Yeah. <laughs> immature tongues. That's what babies say. The, the first language babies learn to speak is, 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 is in tongues. You and I don't understand that. When the baby says, ah, 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 that's tongues. God is saying, praise me, praise me. Uh, I, you, you as a parent, you're smiling, saying, he's talking, no, he's praising God. Anyhow. <laughs> so the Bible says, in the mouth of what? And sucklings, he has ordained what? Praise. Strength. No, you're correct because Jesus interpreted praise as strength. We'll get there. But listen to, let's tell the Old Testament. It says, thou hast ordained strength because of whom? Your enemies. Who's the enemy? The devil. Look, your enemy is not an individual. I've heard of haters and people talk about haters. Look, they, look behind the haters. That's your real enemy. You get what I'm saying? Yes, the real hater is the devil. Yes, now he's, he's a spirit. You cannot see him. So he has to use somebody to harass you. Amen. Can I go? Can I, can I get closer? Can, can I, he has to use especially somebody who's close to you. And somebody you, you have high expectations of. Huh? Yes, yes. Mm, and when they come after you, you get so disappointed and discouraged. But the, but the devil is the real hater. And so the Bible says, God has ordained strength because of our enemy. That, what? That thou might do what? Steal the enemy and the... That's how you shut down the devil. Through praise and worship. 
That is why the very, the most, that's why the Bible says, bring your sacrifice of praise. Sometimes you don't feel like praising God. Well, let me back up and correct that. All the time we don't feel like praising God. You think it's easy to leave work and decide to go to the house of God by yourself. One Thursday afternoon and say, I'm just going there to praise God. No, no, you feel the sky like brass. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Well, maybe, maybe not you, but maybe me. When I leave the house, I'm coming here to praise God. I'm not coming, jumping, glory, glory. No. I'm saying, God, I know how I feel. <laughs> but I know what you said. I'm going to advance myself. Mm -hmm. Because you see, we live in two realms simultaneously. We live in the natural realm and we live in the spirit realm. That's why when Jesus came in Mark chapter 6, he said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So there is a kingdom that, has, that came to invade the kingdom on this earth. So we live in both kingdoms. The way you advance yourself in life is advancing yourself in the kingdom of God through praise. <laughs> you see, you have to advance yourself spiritually first so you can advance yourself in the natural realm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, the more you fight in the spirit is the less you fight in the flesh. <laughs> so you've got to know what's going on. The thing is, we do not know what's going on. You see, and so we, 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 we neglect to steal the enemy and the avenger. We, we, we neglect to do that. Since you hear me, one of the most powerful things you can do is intentionally leave the house or get in the house in a particular room and begin to just praise the Lord. Father, I thank you and bless your name. You're such a good God. I thank you for this little room here. I'm going to dedicate it unto you as my place of praise and worship, my place of prayer. Mm, as you say that, somebody call. And then you say, in that, or somebody knock on the door. And so you say, well, from now on, I'm going to the house of God. Is that all right? Yeah, I'm going to the house of God because too much distraction. All my neighbors are knocking. Joe, Gwen, June, Cyrus, everybody's knocking the door. You just started praying, amen? So you come to the house of the Lord. I remembered, I remembered when, when um, this ministry began, God said to me, I need you to go and establish this ministry. And I, you know, sometimes you're young. You do not know what he's talking about. But my lightning fast mind, after he told that to me four or five times, decided to go look up what establish means. Mm -hmm. In the spirit, what it means and how should it be done. And for some reason, everywhere I look at the word established in the Bible, it has to do with prayer. Settling something down. Putting down roots. Because you need to build something. And so I, I, we were at, um, I, I, so I went to uh, um, that church on, what's that church? Christian Heritage. So I went in there and um, back then they used to leave the church open because they had a room for IHOP. You know, International House of Prayer. Not IHOP selling eggs. Breakfast sandwiches, amen? IHOP International House of Prayer. Is that all right? I know, it's, I know it's close to lunchtime. And so I would go in there and I would ask the janitor, can you leave a, a room open for me? 
And for two years, I would go in there every day from 11 to 12.30 and just pray. God said, you need to go. I didn't know all of this was what we were praying for. I didn't know that. God said, you need to go and establish this ministry. The very same way someone's life is established. You want an established life? You need to get in the presence of God and begin to praise God. You want a life that's not like that? Like a yo-yo? Like a roller coaster? You need to get in the presence of... I'm going to show you most of the things that's going on in the natural realm is the devil that's coming and is causing that. Mm -hmm. like he's the one coming because we neglect to steal the enemy. If you don't shut him down, he's on the loose. Let me, let me, let me read it plain. If you don't shut him down, he's on your case. The Bible says God has given us strength. Amen. Matthew 21 46. Let's see what Jesus said about this verse. So Jesus said, Jesus used that very same verse. Is it 21 46? Matthew chapter 21, verse 46. Let's see. Jesus said, Have you heard it said? I'm not sure. I think, yeah. No, I think. Mark 21. Is it? Hold on one second, saints. Just bear with me. Praise God. Sorry, Mark 14, 26. I'm sorry about that. Mark 14, 26. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, in reference to this verse, my apologies, Matthew 21, 16. I'm so sorry. Matthew 21, 16. 21, 16. Amen. It says here, have you heard it said? And he said unto them, hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have you never heard out of the mouth of what? And sucklings, thou hast what? Jesus changed, Jesus changed, ordained strength into what? Perfected praise. That's what Jesus did. So the Bible, the Bible, the best way to understand the Bible is to look at how the Bible explains itself. The Bible says, ordained strength. It's the same as what? Perfected praise. Wow. Isn't that a blessing? So when you and I come, the way we steal the enemy and the avenger is through what? Perfected praise. Perfected praise. And, and perfected here means it's got to be intentional. Sacrificial. When you don't feel like it. Amen. When you got too much to do and you said, it doesn't matter how many things I have to do. I'm going to do what the Lord says I got to do. You, you, you know something, saints? Let, let me tell you what I've seen throughout all my years. Even before I was a pastor. I would sit in the congregation and the pastor would say exactly what I'm saying. Mm? And then I would go home and do nothing about it. <laughs> Until the devil got on my case one day. And I said, why is it that I feel so harassed? Why is it that nothing is working for me as I think it should? What, what is going on? But thank God, while I was reading the Bible, I saw that I haven't still the avenger. I haven't still the enemy. He's still on my case. You know the devil is on everybody's case. You, know, you remember the devil was on Job's case. Because he does, does any Christian that's doing well. He's mad about it. 
He wants to take them out, stop their progress, discourage them. Job is doing well. The man, God has blessed him because he's a blessing. Anytime you see people prospering in the Bible, it's because they are blessers, they are givers. Mm -hmm. Abraham gave what? A tenth to Melchizedek. And the Bible says Abraham was rich. So anybody with a lot of substance in the Bible, they will give us. The Bible says the, the generous shall prosper. The what? The generous shall prosper. So we see Job prospering and the devil is looking at the man saying, how can I get in and mess him up? What can I do to frustrate him? Because that's what the devil wants to do. He likes to frustrate Christians. Mm -hmm. Stop our progress. So we can say the wrong things and just walk away and say it doesn't work. Let me share with you this right here. There is a day coming. It's called the great falling away. It's coming when many of us Christians are just going to throw our ones up in the air and say, it doesn't work. I'm going to leave Christianity. That is why, brothers and sisters, you and I need to establish. Oh, the time is coming when if you don't have roots and you forget the word. You will throw your hands up. You will throw your hands up in the air and walk away. Saying Christianity doesn't work. You know, for I have been talking to God for such a long. I'm going to show you. That's what these people were doing. They walk away from God. Did not do what God told them to do. And the Bible said nothing they did worked. They got frustrated and began talking, talking to one another. How comes I planned so much and I get nothing in return? Why have I applied for 17 jobs and got two interviews and nobody's calling me back? Well, let me move on here, some of you. All right, then. I know we're talking about the Israelites, but brother, we have to make it. <laughs> Yeah, in today's language, we have to understand what it means to us. Because we're dealing with the same God. We had a covenant, but the same God. Let me read this to you quickly. I have to jump here. I have to jump here and read this to you. So, I said that God raised Haggai, or Haggai. He raised Zechariah, and he raised Malachi. Now, during that same time when God, when the Israelites returned to Jerusalem, the man who was in charge, his name was Zerubbabel, and his priest was Joshua. Not Joshua, not Moses, is Joshua, but another Joshua. They grew so discouraged because they wanted to do the will of God, but they cannot do the will of God by themselves. They need the people. Can you say we need one another? You know, I cannot do the will of God here by myself. With some of you looking at me, look, well, let me just tell you, in case you don't want to say amen, let me tell you, I cannot do it. Okay, I'm not Samson. I'm not Jesus Christ. Are you with me? We all have a part to play. Amen? So, if you don't want to say amen, I'll say the amen for you. I cannot do it by myself. And so, Joshua got so discouraged, God had to encourage him. Joshua and um, Zechariah, so discouraged. This is what the Lord did. The Lord raised Haggai, and listen to what Haggai told the people. Can you go to Haggai chapter 1, and I'll just read what Haggai said, and I know I don't have a lot of time today, but next week we'll get into it. Amen? Amen? Because what's in there is so important for where we are going as a people. 
Can you go to um you got you got it, Haggai or Haggai, chapter one? Yes, you got it? I've heard it pronounced different ways. I've heard Haggai, I've heard Haggai. Amen. So uh, uh, you know, potatoes, potatoes, whatever. Whatever best suits you, amen. Praise the Lord. So um so so you got it? Let's go to verse two. Verse two. Verse 2, 1 verse 2. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, These people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. God is listening while they are talking, and God is telling Haggai, I hear what they are saying. And not only am I hearing them, I'm hearing them speaking, they are frustrated. He said in verse 3, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying, Uh-huh. Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house be wished? Mm. Is it time for you to, the word sealed here is panel houses. Is it time, the word panel here means fine homes. It means to live in secure and lavishly covered homes. Mm-hmm. Talking about wonderful brick. They, the houses were not even built with stucco. They just all brick. Nice red brick. Yes. Glory be to God. Amen. And it says here, while this house lies in ruin, while the house of God lies in waste. Waste means lies desolate in a heap of rubble. God said, is it right for you to abandon? Think about it, saints. You abandon your mission. You were sent by King Cyrus to rebuild God's house. You came across opposition. Yes, they did. Would you say they agreed they, they came across opposition? Yes, but that was not an excuse. God is not saying they abandoned it because of opposition. He said they left it because they wanted to build their own houses. He said the money that Cyrus gave them, the gold and the silver to build the temple, they took it and went to build their own houses. Well, well. Is the Bible right or the Bible right? That's what the word of God is saying. They wanted their wealth for themselves, not for the temple. And so eventually they turned their attention from the temple to construction of their own homes. And the Lord said to them in verse 5. I'm going to bring it to a close. God said to them in verse 5. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. He said the very same thing to them in verse 7. I have an exhibit. Can you bring up the exhibit with Haggai, Haggai chapter 1, 5 and 1, 7. Let me show you. God said twice, God said to them right here. He said, consider your ways. Notice, now notice, notice how these verses are constructed. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of what? When God used this particular phrase, Lord of hosts, you know what host means? Lord of armies, Lord of the heavenly armies. You know God has armies of angels. God has armies of birds. God has armies of lions. 
He got, he got armies of canker worms and armies of palmer worms. You know God has armies. Armies of tigers and armies of angels and armies of celestial bodies. So when he uses that, he's saying, I am well able. I am fully able. I have all the resources you need. That's what he's telling him. I am the one who has a monopoly on resources. He didn't call himself Jehovah Jireh here. He didn't say that. That's not Jehovah Jireh. He didn't say Jehovah Sidkinu. No, that's not Jehovah Sidkinu. Because not, that's not the time to say I'm a healer. That's the time to tell them the resources you are taking. That you got. I am the one. He said all the gold all the silver is mine. So he said here. Notice in verse 7. Thus have whom? Again, he's repeating himself. How many of you think that we should be careful when God says something two times? Yeah, we should take a listen. He said, consider your ways. The next exhibit, let us see what consider your ways means. It means here, consider your ways. Here is what consider your ways means. It means think very carefully about your choices. This is what God sent me to tell you today. Now, God told me that this week, I thought it was for me. God told me this week, Emmanuel... For the next four months of this year, consider your ways. And so yesterday while I was walking out, because I had, you know, I had a sermon on mind. You know, Mr. China had something else on mind. God said, what I told you, share with them. I said, excuse me, I thought that was for me. I thought that, I thought that was for my, I, my ears only. That's something to tell you. For the next four months, think very carefully about your choices. The next four months of 2023, very crucial. An incision is to cut in. A decision is to cut out. You have to decide to cut out some things. <laughs> to do what God has placed on your heart for the next four months. Since I cannot tell you how crucial it is. But I'm sharing with you that God sent me to tell you. Those of you who are looking. Think very carefully about your choices for the next four months of 2023. We started this year and we said this year was a supernatural year. What has happened? Has anything that we spoke about, the things we espoused, at this, did it happen? You got four moments. We got four moments in 2023 to consider our ways. Think very carefully about your Make decisions. Cut things out. What, what are we going to do? You have to cut certain things out. You have to do what? Cut certain. I said to myself, I'm going to print this out. Amen. On a plaque. Put it in my office. At the house. And in my office at the church. So anytime I walk in. I can see what God said for the last. For the four months of this year. Think very carefully. About your choices. What do you do? He's looking. He's listening. Just like he did while they were speaking. Listen, and, and I'm going to share with you quickly. Let me just read it. And I will explain it next week. Listen to what God told them quickly. Lord, I just, just, can you bear with me? Tomorrow is a holiday. You can give me 10 more minutes. Can everybody say yay? Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Man, that was feeble, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take anything to teach the word. Amen. Yeah, 
Praise the Lord. So, so listen to what he said to them. Can you go to verse 6? Listen to what he said to them. Because you've abandoned my house. Can you go to Haggai chapter 1 verse 6 quickly? Let us see what God said to them in verse 6. He says, verse 6, you have sown much and bring in what? Little. In other words, you have planted a large crop, but your harvest is small. You came on the farm and you, you sowed seed, six acres. You know how you sow seeds? Six acres and then you, you, you were waiting for a bumper crop and you only got quarter acre. What happened? He continued, he continued. He said, what else he said? You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but there is nothing, but there is none warm. You have clothes to wear, but they are not enough to keep you warm. He continues, you earn wages, you get a salary, but the money runs out quickly as if there were holes in your pocket. <laughs> Are you, is that in the Bible or in the Bible? Because you've neglected to take care of the house of the Lord. It, it, some, how many of you think we, sh we should be told the truth and not get mad, Amen. And that's what the Bible, that's why God raised up Haggai to tell him that. Tell the people, because God heard them talking. You know, this is a recipe for, for frustration. To sow and get little. How many of you would be frustrated? I mean, I, I, I heard somebody call me this week and say, Pastor, can you pray for me? I've applied for 18 jobs. And barely got an interview. And I'm saying to myself, can you pray with me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? myself should i open the book of haggai and ask have you abandoned the lord's house <laughs> I, I said you know we have to start telling people the truth some people i know some people they've tried to land a better job She's, he said i've tried to land a better job for years and i just cannot land the job i need and in me i'm saying should i tell him the truth oh yes i did because he called the right person. I'm going to continue this. But brothers and sisters, God wants us to carefully consider. Can you put the last, the last exhibit back before I bring it to a close? Amen. The last exhibit back before I bring it to a close. The one that talks about what does consider your ways mean. It means to carefully think very carefully about your choices for the last four months in 2023. That's the Lord's message for us. And for those of you who are looking, think about it, your choices. Consider your ways. Who's speaking? The Lord of hosts. Think about, look at the title God used. Host means armies. The Lord of armies. The Lord of whom? Armies, the Lord of armies. Think about what that is saying. So, what are we going to do for the last four months of this year? Think very carefully about our choices. You do not want, I do not want the sky above me to feel like brass to the point where I get frustrated. I'm going to start cooperating with God. 
I'm going to start doing what? I always said, I do not want to be in a church where the truth is not told to me. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I need the truth. So I can thrive and not be frustrated. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, you, you get what, some of the things, you know, now, Elder Brenda, I read, the, I read through the Bible over and over. And sometimes I walk out with tears in my eyes because you know what I said? Why didn't somebody tell me that? Why didn't somebody tell me the truth? When I was 16 or 17 or 18, why didn't somebody help me out? The tears begin to flow from my eyes. Then I have to repent and say, God, I'm so sorry. That is why you need to, you and I need to read the Bible. Every day. Every what? One proverb. Five Psalms. And as you do, God will talk to you. He, he, he what? He talks. Yes, he talks to you, right? He, he, he talks. Emmanuel called me and said to me, Dad, I never see this in the Bible. I never, I never see this in the Bible. I said, well, how you've seen it? And I said, you're ahead of me. Because at his age, if I knew what I knew now, Lord have mercy. You want the truth. And not get mad. You with me? You need that. We need the truth. Somebody said, well, we're a better covenant. Yes, a better covenant. Same God. Amen. Same God. A better covenant, but same God. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.